0: Ooh, i like the new intro, Joe. So jamming. so yeah. jamming. Hello everybody. Welcome to the It's a Brain Thing podcast. Um, this is a podcast for people who support kids and adults with fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. We try to look at various different aspects of life. Um, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Jill.
1: hey How's it going? Hi. So good.
0: Um we are talking today about preparing for the holidays. And because, but the holidays can mean a lot of different things. We're including things like Halloween, if that's what you celebrate, Thanksgiving. Um, and of course, all of the many holidays kind of happening in November and December, because you probably know better than me, Jill, that holidays can be stressful. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about just some practical things that you can do. Um, we already have a worksheet created that can walk people through what we're going to talk about today. If you go to our website www.organbehavior.com and there is a forms for parents tab, you just click the tab and look for the what we call the skills based holiday planning worksheet. And so I'm actually going to walk you through it today, but it's a visual to help you make sure you plan for certain key issues that often make holidays stressful Mm -hmm. and difficult. And
1: that was the first thing I ever, uh, we took a training with Nate and it was this worksheet that we took home. Yeah. And Jake and I were like, done. This dude is the
0: bomb. Yeah. And so we're talking about it now because we're recording this in kind of late September. and so. You know, having a month before Halloween, if that's something that you do, um, it it can take a long time. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to get this out there early this year so people can really plan. Um, What tends to happen is we procrastinate, I think, you know, and then of course the holidays just kind of can consume you really easily because there's so much going on and maybe we should have practiced or planned a little bit beforehand.
1: This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to this podcast in a week and then I'm going to listen to it again before Thanksgiving and then I'm going to listen to it again before Christmas because I think that um, especially as the holiday season progresses and we're more and more tired and overwhelmed, um, just rebooting. Mm. So earmark this in your fancy computer folders to listen throughout the season numerous times.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, So why are holidays stressful? Well, for many kids, especially in teenagers, it's a complete... Um, changing of what their routine is. So especially if they're in school, you know, school can provide a lot of natural routine. And so when school is quote unquote taken away, even for something fun like a holiday and vacation, and, and most kids look forward to that, there is a stress response oftentimes because now we're forcing somebody you know, day after day, depending on how long this particular holiday is to use executive functioning skills in a completely different way. So when they're at school, and their schedule is the same, those executive functioning skills can be used towards schoolwork, right? They don't have to sit there trying to figure out what's going to happen next, because they already know, but then they're not in school, and maybe there's a lot more free time, or they're being given different expectations. And now they're suddenly being expected to use these skills. And that can create an anxiety response. So do you see, any of this in your life?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holidays are the most beautiful and the most insane time in our home. Yes, yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, because I like to break things down into cognitive skills, the first part of the holiday planning sheet is mentioning six different skills or kind of situations that you might have to address. So the first one is what we talked about, difficulty planning. So planning is a complicated skill. It's one of those skills that to us seem so natural. Um, It doesn't feel like we're necessarily even using a skill. As I think about, you know, what am I going to do next? It doesn't seem like a lot of effort because I have a developed brain and good executive functioning skill. But for our kids, that kind of thinking does not come easily. And so if, they're, if we're expecting them to do that, we're going to want to check this off on the, on the checklist there. So difficulty planning could be a factor for many people. The next one is difficulty transitioning. So for people who struggle with going from activity to activity or place to place, the holidays can be difficult because you have a set of completely new transitions, they're unfamiliar, um, and then there's just kind of a lot of things happening as well. Then the third thing we might consider is difficulty with changes in the routine, which kind of goes, you know, it links to all of these other skills. Um, Kids with sensory issues might be having difficulties, probably will be having difficulties. Um, You know, whether it's, they're spending more time outside and that's a different, you know, if it's really cold, maybe they're not used to doing that. But of course with a lot of these holidays comes a lot of visual stimulation and a lot of auditory stimulation. Um, So scary noises during Halloween, for example, all the costumes, it can actually get overwhelming, especially to a kid. So um, that might be something we need to plan for. Mm -hmm. Um, The fifth thing we have listed is trauma. So many of, you know, the people that I work with have a history of trauma and the holidays um, for those who may maybe remember their early childhood or even, you know, the first 10 years of their life. um, It's just a sad time because they remember it You know, as being a time of either stress in the past or a time of, you know, having, you know, maybe their family was able to have some good times and now they're no longer with their family, if that's the case. Um, Yeah, so we can definitely see trauma play out that way. And then the last thing we might want to consider, and this is a big one and we've talked about it before, is just, you know, is this person now going to be around family members that they're not normally around, like extended family members? Are we having everybody over for dinner? Are we going to be opening presents together? Um, Whatever it is, because, people struggle to understand what FASD is and all of the behaviors that come with it that can create stress. And, you know, everybody listening to this podcast probably knows that, you know, how do you explain these behaviors to everybody? How do you get them to let go of certain things and not start to yell at your kid, (laughs) you know, because they're running around or whatever it is that you just find so normal. How do we plan for that? So that's what those are kind of the six areas that the worksheet is attempting to help you to do.
1: And I think in all of all but the trauma, um, we mark the box for our oldest. Mm-hmm. And um, we just have come up with some little supports to kind of help those cognitive areas. Well, for example, you talked about sensory, and I think that's a big part. Um, there hasn't been a Halloween where our oldest has wanted to wear a certain costume. And then by the time it's time to go trick or treating, she's almost naked in the yard. Uh, peeling everything off she can because her body just can't handle another thing. Mm-hmm. So what I always do now, um, I, d- I absolutely allow her to choose a costume, whatever one she wants, because what if there's that chance that she can can wear it? But I always have a costume on the back burner that's a low sensory, really oh. lightweight that I know feels good and keeps her body the temperature it needs to so that when she's in the yard panicking because she doesn't have a costume but she can't wear the costume she has, I always have this other choice that she can choose from that I know will match all of her idea. sensory needs. Yeah. yeah, So then it becomes a non-issue. And every year we have it. And now even this year she asked me what her sensory costume is going to be. So she knows now that she's So can not- you
0: give us an example of like what what has it looked like in the past? What yeah, will be totally.
1: In- so I know like her normal clothes are what feel good to her. So uh, one year she wanted to be a really – Fancy princess, because she's really into fancy princesses stuff. So she wanted to wear this really sparkly dress it was really itchy material and she could wear it you know playing around the house but then the day of and she wanted a crown and then she wanted this wig so during dinner um, like when we were getting after dinner when we were getting everything ready the wig there was no chance at all that the wig was going to work and then the the tiara had to go and then um, the dress started coming off and so she was down in her little ruse in the living room crying because she really wanted to wear this princess dress so I just got her jammy I had her Her jammy princess dress that is really soft material, and then I had created this uh, like little skirt with a similar material, so it it just created an elongated princess jammy dress. Okay. Um, And then we put on her tight um, shirt that helps her just when she's needing that tight, uh, the tight hugging material. What is uh, Under Armour? There it is.
0: Yeah, Under Armour. Yeah, her
1: tight Under Armour shirt underneath it all. Yeah, compression clothing. And so she was still able to go out as a princess. Um, but it was just in material that, um, always made yeah. her feel
0: comfortable. And so, um, you know, you're pretty in tune to your, your daughter's sensory needs, but for, you know, people who maybe don't know if they think this could be an issue, you know, kind of another approach is to definitely buy the costume ahead of time, mm-hmm. and have, practice. have them wear it and you practice, right. Um, and see what the potential issues could be.
1: And it- When I think about that, too, because, you know, when our oldest could wear these outfits um, in normal situations, but because she was so escalated and elevated on that day, there was no chance and there's no practice that could make it easier for her. And I think the first few years this happened, what was running through my head, I had a lot of anxiety. I was like, I spent all this money on the costume. What about pictures? What about these memories? Blah, blah, blah. And over the years, I realized that the memories come from a happy place and that's who we want to create them from. So if... Um, It's not about a costume, and um, if we can't afford two costumes, then um, I would just suggest buying a really inexpensive costume at Goodwill and then get the secondary, make it out of their clothes, and you can even pin little things on their clothes. Just get really creative, but just have a total expectation that – you're going to waste money on that first costume.
0: And and it's worth pointing out that kind of this first thing we're talking about um, falls into the next category of the the skills-based holiday planning sheet that we're kind of going through. Mm -hmm. And it's things that we have to do before the holidays. Mm -hmm. And – You know, many people listening know this already, but for a lot of people, you know, new foster parents I've worked with or people who are staff, this idea of thinking ahead this far in advance is completely foreign because we're just, we kind of get used to just dealing with things as they happen. Um, And so it's important that, you know, you take the time and, you know, fill out the worksheet, put it on your calendar of when to start addressing these these things. You know, when do we need to buy the first costume by if we're thinking about sensory? Right.
1: Um, and yeah. on uh, planning – if we stick with Halloween right now, the idea of um, – we yesterday just started our first dry run through the neighborhood of the path that we're going to take mm-hmm. while trick-or-treating because one of the things that our oldest does when she gets overwhelmed and anxious is she tries to control – where her body goes and where everyone else's body goes. Yeah. So we, um, we always start trick or treating earlier than most people. So it's not even dark yet when we're trick or treating, people are like, Oh, let me get the candy bowls. But, yeah. um, cause that it just, it just works better, less people. The darkness isn't an issue, but then also, um, we create these clear pathways of where we're going to go the night of, so that the night of, the night of, she doesn't even have to think about where her body is going to go or where other people's bodies are going to go. Cause we already practiced it numerous times. um, uh, during, during the month before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it works really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, kind of part of structuring things. So whatever you can structure. So in this case, you know, a route of, you know, trick or treating or how we're going to open presents, you know, on Christmas morning or, you know, what is the order of Thanksgiving going to look like? You know, Mm -hmm. we're not just going to show up at grandma and grandpa's and start eating. We're going to show up, we're going to be talking. And so here are the activities you can do. So anytime you can schedule or structure, the better. Mm -hmm. And then when we're talking about long periods of vacation, so like a two week school vacation, are each of those days structured? If you're hoping that your kiddo is just going to do fine by kind of hanging out all day, every day for two weeks, or, you know, most of that two weeks, you know, that might be a challenge for you. Mm -hmm. So then you know, if they struggle and you don't have anything in place, it's kind of an unreasonable expectation or, you know, response to get mad at them. Mm-hmm. Because we, if they normally need structure, they're still going to need it, even if there's a lot of good, happy things happening, because mm-hmm. that stress can still be there. Absolutely. So I really like the idea of pre-walking that trick-or-treating route just so it's clear yeah. and that will ultimately benefit really all of your kids probably not just oh my gosh you know somebody sure. with fetal alcohol and in
1: fact it's part of the tradition now before i was like how oh, is this going to take away from the excitement of halloween but yesterday when we were walking around they were in their jammies and we actually went door to door to a few houses um just neighbors that we talked to before that we we're going to practice and they were amazing about it but our kids were like oh we love doing this and this is where we're going to go you know next and i wonder yeah. what they're going to wear and it's become a tradition in our family that we do these dry runs and yeah. um just getting your neighbors involved in it too is really special and spectacular as well christmas dry run we do the week before christmas because we're very structured the week before christmas um, and we don't do a whole lot of extracurricular stuff i do a lot of game boards uh play with the kids and what that does is it gets our oldest's brain ready for turn taking and patience while we go around and Mm -hmm. do our presents. Yeah. Yeah. So it really, it just gets her brain in that mentality that we take turns, that we follow these rules because it is an important aspect for us and our family to not just open all the presents at once. Um, Sometimes we rush through, sometimes we'll take breaks. We, We don't make it a stressful thing. If it doesn't happen, we find ways to just distract ourselves from it. But just acknowledging gifts from someone and acknowledging gratitude toward that person is yeah. a really important thing. So
0: practicing. My, that. my family growing up, we would always do one at a time, <laughs> which of course is boring, right? <laughs> um, but in recent years, this wasn't to accommodate anybody, but just because we've kind of have changed as a family, yeah. you know, an alternative to one at a time is everybody opens one gift mm-hmm. at, you know, at the same time and mm-hmm. then you all move to your second gift. So that could be something.
1: Totally. And, and we're, you, you
0: might have to, you know, ultimately adjust your expectations because yes. you never know. If you're opening presents in the morning, you know if a, if they wake up escalated or anxious, you know maybe then would not be the time to really enforce the one gift at a time for sure. that person. Maybe everybody else can, but sometimes it's just what's needed. Let it can.
1: go, totally. Um,
0: another thing that we want to do before the holidays is to have other caregivers set up. So you know, and especially for those situations, if you're if you're in a situation where you are worried that your holiday will be ruined or aspect of the holiday will be ruined. So for example, if you go to midnight mass and you know, there's a good chance that my, your kid is not going to do well there then have somebody else go by yourself, you know, or go, you know, with whoever wants to go and be okay with them not joining you for that part of the holiday. It's not everything necessarily. Um, but you know, learn to let that go so you can enjoy it as well. Cause everybody deserves, you know, to enjoy it. And we don't want to set somebody up for failure. Right. And that doesn't mean that they'll never be able to join you for that special aspect, but you're just waiting until they have the skills to do it. I mean, and yeah. so being okay with that. And then of course, having those things thought out and planned ahead of time can be helpful.
1: I, I I'm, I, I don't know if you can get this from who I am over this radio, but I'm super into uh, traditions and coziness and celebration. And, and um, so that was one of the hardest things for me to adjust to was the expectation around holiday time. Cause we had really rich, fabulous, um, traditions growing up that were really cliche and, you know, insane. And, um, and I was so excited to share that amongst my kids. And I think that, uh, the first couple Christmases we had with our oldest, she, she was in tears and I was in tears when I was trying to matching jammies and stockings yeah. and, you know, just trying to relive my childhood through her. And I think a lot of parents do this because yes. we want them to feel that joy that we felt. Yes. Um, so as soon as I, it was, it was by her third Christmas and we had, um, a second kiddo by that time. I started to just realize that without happiness, tradition really means nothing. And so – and I had my chance at my childhood. This is my children's chance at their childhood. And so I had to start adapting my idea of what was tradition and what my idea of um, happiness was on Christmas morning. And I started allowing them to kind of set the tone. There was just one tone that we – the only one rule is that we had to get down there first have a cup of coffee and then they could come. But other than that, like they set the pace, they set the traditions and we have totally different than what I grew up with, but it is rich. It's fulfilling. It is glorious. And now every year they're looking forward to the holidays, but I had to absolutely just release that control over my expectations of what it was going to be like. And yeah. yeah. So just allow yourself to do that parents. I know it's really hard.
0: Yeah. And so we have a few other tips on the holiday planning sheet um, about things that you can do before the holidays. Um, and then we have, you know, several suggestions for during the holidays. So you kind of walk yourself through this and, um, you know, just kind of do what you need to do. So some just some of the suggestions we've already given you a bunch as well, but, you know, avoiding first thing in the morning expectations, you know, especially for those longer days where they may not be in school. So, um, giving them a long time to transition into the new day to realize, oh, this is not a school day. Here's what's planned. Hopefully remembering back to whatever you've told them they can expect, Um, but just giving them that time to transition. So maybe that means they're really not doing anything until nine or 10 in the morning, and that can be okay. That's what, you know, vacations can do. Um, Yeah, so just keep, just trying to keep how we're structuring the day in our minds, you know, really intentionally. Um, We talk about, you know, using visuals, um, going over expectations. So if you're trying something new, um, or just you don't do very often, and you're going over the expectations, you're gonna you're going to need to do it more than once. So I always suggest, if, you know, if you're gonna go ice skating, for example, you're gonna talk about all of your expectations at home. Make sure they understand. Probably use a visual. Practice anything you can practice. Role play anything you can role play, and then. I always like to go over expectations again when we're in the car and we kind of park and then we turn the car off and there's like a natural quiet to the car and then going over expectations there um, so that all of those expectations are fresh in their mind as they're going in for a new, exciting, fun activity, which probably lowers their processing a little bit. So -hmm. you're just trying to increase the chances of success there. And that, of course, can be used throughout the whole year. It doesn't have to be a holiday thing um
1: and then be surprised when it actually really does work out well that first time so that your expectations going in is that it's still going to be a hot mess of an activity and everyone's going to fall apart so then when things are actually lining up and doing great you're like oh my gosh this is amazing yeah yeah, there you go many (laughs) victories
0: yeah um things like checking in once a day you know even if things are appearing to go well that does not mean that the kiddo is not feeling some stress so you just want a time where you can check in Cause maybe they're going to give you information. You're like, Oh yeah, we sh- maybe we should change what we were planning tomorrow. How do you, and making them a part of that if possible, having sensory items constantly available, especially, I mean, if you're going to expect them to sit still for two hours, you know, while somebody is giving a sermon or, um, you're watching a movie that might be too high of expectation. So mm-hmm. if you're going to try it, um, best of luck to you, but also provide them something to keep their hands busy or whatever sensory input they seek. Sure. Um,
1: wiggle seats.
0: Wiggle seats. Yeah. I mean, everybody's different books, yeah. things in the, in the mouth or things, yeah. um, essential oils, all those things.
1: Mm-hmm. And throughout the week, giving them access to sensory activities or getting their energy out, getting their wiggles out in, in large capacities. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And all that we're saying now for many people might seem common sense, but if you don't plan these things out ahead of time, you're going to be much more likely to forget them. Yeah. So you're going to think, oh yeah, I'll remember to make sure that, you know, twice a week we're doing something with big gross motor skill, you know, ice skating, something that moves the body. But then in the moment you may not remember that specific thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, trying to be really intentional with your supports, just give it a try and see if it helps you have a better year. And if it doesn't, then, you know, do what you want to do next year. But <laughs> yeah. just really trying to be intentional, I think you're going to see a lot of good things. And it will help you, I think, keep yourself calm as well. Because yeah. going into the holidays, whichever one it is, you know, at least I have a plan. Right. right. And so maybe you can even be a little bit more present and mindful in the moments instead of worried.
1: And actually enjoy the holidays. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's kind of a quick intro to the holiday planning sheet. And, um, do you have any other tips or thoughts that you want to give people?
1: I think the only thing that, uh, that's been really helpful for us to just be mindful of is, um, food, making sure, you know, before and after trick or treating good heavy meals, um, during the holidays, lots of extra calories because their brains are working harder. And then also if you do stay up later one night in the next day, make that schedule and try to not back-to-back to back too many things. Remember, they have to restore and they have to rebuild their fuels and their yeah. and their reservations. So um, just being really mindful about how much you put into their world and giving them rest breaks mm-hmm. in between.
0: And, and actually, food kind of in a completely other direction because food, especially around the holidays, can present behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Just by pre-planning, how many you know, pieces of pie are we going to have yes, at yeah. Thanksgiving? Talk about that ahead of time so they know. Because if you wait and you see them going for their third slice of pie and you try to deal with it in that moment, that's probably, it could create a behavioral issue. It could create escalation. So you know, trying to think what are the things that will most likely trigger the person I'm working with and how can we pre-plan those things ahead of time?
1: Love it. Yeah. This is going to be awesome.
0: Cool. So um, we might have more conversations about holidays as they continue to approach. I'd be really um, happy to talk about additional questions that our listeners might have feel free to send us a message with your questions or things that you want to talk to us about or if you have any specific practical ideas that you think other people would benefit from let us know that and we'll share it if you haven't already please like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and you can also support our podcast and our YouTube videos for as low as $1 a month through patreon.com you can find our patreon page at www.patreon.com/organbehavior
1: P-A-T-R-I-O-N? No. Oh. How do you spell it?
0: We'll have a link to the website. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put a link to that website in the show notes.
1: How do you spell it?
0: P-A-T-R-E-O-N. E-O-N-O. Patreon. So thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the It's a Brain Thing podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm Nate Sheets
1: and i'm Jill Snell <laughs> thanks
0: for listening
1: <laughs> <laughs> Will
0: that work da 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 da
1: Dooby 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 da
0: dooby 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 dooby